Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so happy to be here with you today. And before we dive into today's conversation, I want to tell you about one of our incredible sponsors. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. From the outside, we may look at other people's relationships of any kind and think they are easy and effortless, and we all know that is not true. For everyone, relationships take time and effort and communication. It can be really hard, right? We want to be in good community and healthy relationships, and this is where therapy is such a helpful tool for me. It is a place to process with a neutral third party and talk about the places where you get stuck. If therapy is something you've been considering, give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy to get started. Your session can be done right from home. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire. Y'all know we love a quiz and get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge because finding the right match for you is really important too. Give your soul the gift of therapy. Visit betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash that sounds fun. Today on the show, I get to talk with my new friend who y'all already know and love, Savannah Guthrie. Y'all, Savannah is an Emmy winner, an Edward R. Monroe Award winner, and the co-host of the Today Show. And tomorrow, her first nonfiction memoir comes out. It is called Mostly What God Does. You guys, this book, (laughs) this book is so good. I read it so fast. I loved it. I was so impressed with her vulnerability, her honesty, her like forwardness about her relationship with Jesus. I just, yeah, deeply impressed. She opens up about her faith and her life and challenges and and what God does, which is love us. It is, oh, it's just beautiful. Okay, so I got to sit down with Savannah in New York at the Hepzibah House. You know, it's my favorite recording studio in New York City. We had the best time. So here's my conversation with my friend. Savannah Guthrie. That sounds fun. Savannah, welcome to That Sounds Fun. Oh, this sounds fun. What a huge honor. Thank you for making time for this. I feel honored. I'm so happy to be on the podcast. It's I am a fan. A uh, thank you. Mutual. We've been in the same place one time. Um, for a Jonathan Merritt book release party. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh my and we gosh. share him. What a great friend. Jonathan Merritt is so brilliant. I know. And kind and thoughtful. Yes. And He's an amazing human. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's been such a gift in my New York life. Um, okay, so we start with what sounds fun to you? Because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Tell me what sounds fun to okay. you. Okay, right now what sounds fun is you and I, right after the podcast, go out and have a glass of wine and chat. Oh, right. That Wouldn't that be fun? the dream? I mean, I would live for us to do that. We will do that at some point. Let's do it. We'll do it well, at some point. you're in New York, you got to do it. It yeah. will be so fun. Um, okay, your new book, Mostly What God Does, comes out tomorrow mm-hmm. when everyone's hearing this. How does that feel? Oh, my gosh. I mean, you're a New York Times bestseller. You have two kids' books out. But this is your first, your story. Yes. It feels really exciting and um, vulnerable yeah. and terrifying. 
and personal and exhilarating and hopeful mm-hmm. and raw and emotional. It is. It is Is there all an of adjective those limit? Yeah. <laughs> no, keep going. <laughs> no, it's it is all of those things. It feels like you have my experience of reading your book is that you said, I need to tell them all of it. <laughs> is that true? It's interesting to hear you say that. It's I think it's like I have something good to say about God. And I just really want to say it. Yes. Not that I need to say it or that God pressed me to say it or that I should say it, but that I just want to. I can't help it. Yeah. That One of my questions as I was reading it, one of my notes was, what is this going to cost you to talk so openly about Jesus? And you are, I mean, you are a global, globally known newscaster and interviewer and star and Host the Thanksgiving Day Parade, Savannah. Oh. <laughs> what is higher than that? And but you're very open about your relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Is this going to cost you? I mean, I hope not. But I and I, I can't say that I don't have some trepidation about just being so personal about anything. Yeah. I mean, the main thing is that yes, it's about Jesus. It's a Christian book. I hope that it's universally appealing. Yes. You know, it's not a book that's here to proselytize per se. It's a book that I think is about it's a to me it's like a call to be loved by yes. God. Yes. And to then love. And I hope that's universal and um makes makes God and Christ appealing. Yes. That's my goal. Will it cost me? That remains to be seen. Yeah. And I can't say that that's not scary, but... Did you measure that when you were writing? Did you think, man, I have a lot of people, I have a lot of friends who don't believe everything I believe. Should I change how I say this? No, I never did. Because I'm hoping that I'm saying in a way that even if you disagree with me, I'm assuming lots of people will disagree um, or think it's weird or who knows what they'll think. But... um, I just felt like I wanted to say it in a way that it's just me sharing what I've learned along the way yes. and not in any way that's designed to pressure or even to convince. Yes. Other than I think the experience of God is quite compelling yeah. and the experience of being loved by God is really persuasive and that has nothing to do with me. And if you're my friend or my family, you already know all this about right, me. Right. I mean, this is not a secret. I'm not like, well, turns out I have a tattoo <laughs> Surprise, <on> everybody. <laughs> belly button. You know, it's right, like, right. if you know me, right. you know this. And even in like my public life, I mean, I've talked about my faith a lot. It always right. comes up. Yeah. Because even if, you know, like the New York Times did a profile on me a few years back it ended up being a lot about God. It made me laugh when I looked at it and I thought, well, I guess that's because I just, if you ask me anything, it just inevitably yeah. comes to that because it's such a humongous part of who I am. Yeah. So here we are. Here we are talking about it. Yes. I don't want to spoil the ending, but <laughs> at the very end of the book, you talk about what your purpose is. Yeah. And you narrow it down to one word and you just said it three times. Did I? Yes. Oh, I didn't even notice. I know because it's so the center of your purpose of sharing. Like, I'm going to share. So many of our friends listening are trying to figure out what they're doing with their lives. And like, what is my purpose? It's a new year. What am I going to do with this year? Will you talk about the process of how you sorted out share as your word? Well, it's so funny because, you know, I write about this in the book, but um, I heard Oprah uh, 
years ago talked about. Ago, you said, call me. In the book, yeah, said, I'm like, oh, call, call me. me. <laughs> hey, ringy dingy. We don't know each other, but I could be, we could be friends. You come to wine with us. That's right. You know? Oh, man. Um, but I, she had said that she thought about what her purpose was. And I loved what she said. She said, my purpose is to be a sweet inspiration. And I thought, gosh, that is so good. I would like that to be my purpose, too. But <laughs> you can't mm-hmm. steal someone's purpose. And I don't even, I don't know that I have a purpose that's for all time. Yeah. You know, will this be my purpose in 20 years? Was that my purpose 30 years ago? I don't know. All I know is that right now I felt like I have something to share. Yeah. I have something to tell that's a good word about yes. God and how he yes. loves us. And I would like to share that. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I think, especially when you grow up in a certain kind of traditional Christian upbringing, there can be, or at least the way I received a lot of some teachings were kind of guilt-based or God put this on my heart, you know, Mm. like this heavy-handed, like, I got to do this. And, you know, I could see people wondering, like, did you feel like after this big opportunity you've had at the Today Show, did you feel like you were, you needed to, or you you were pushed to put this out? Right. The truth is, and this is in the book too, I mean, for most of my life, again, in my private relationships, everyone knows my faith, but it's not like something I was like out there trying, I wasn't trying to hide it, but I wasn't trying to like, you know, have a cowboy hat that said it or a <laughs> t-shirt or whatever. It was just right. like, I was just going along. Yes. So the person who's most surprised that I did this is me. Mm. And I did it not out of sense of obligation or duty, but out of joy and excitement, like somehow God worked this miracle in me that when I was presented with the opportunity to write something about faith, I thought, well, now that sounds interesting. Now that's something I could get excited about. Yeah. And I was passionate and alive and my ideas kept coming and I kept writing things down and it was this moment. And I, I really, all through the whole process, wasn't sure I was even going to do it. Really? I wasn't even sure I was going to. And I told the editor and the agent, nobody cash any checks. Right. You know, right. like we the we may or may not end up with a book That's here. so good. No Savannah. promises. I mean, I did. I was like, you know, I will try. I yeah. guarantee you I'm a hard yeah. worker. I will work. I will try. But if at any time I feel like this isn't working or I felt that the Lord was saying, no, 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 Savannah, this isn't right. Anything. Yeah. I was like ready to drop it at the, I would have been relieved, I'm wow. sure. Yeah. But I just kept going and during that process I would when I would talk to friends or my husband or whoever my mom I'd say uh, yeah I'm writing this thing and I can't decide if it's going to end up being a book or if God just gave me this to do because he's like I know her she needs a project wow. you know as a as an exercise to just be together yeah and just to learn and to have oh. so it was this the whole experience was so interesting and fruitful and revelatory the experience of writing or do you write at your office i wrote everywhere really i wrote at home i wrote at the office i wrote in the car driving from one place to another i wrote at the kitchen table when feeding the kids you know my daughter she's nine she she was eight then she'd be like looking over my shoulder can i read some of it mom yeah you know so i just did it and i did it fast yeah which is crazy but that's the you know you know books like they give you like two years and I'm like yes. yeah um, how about in four months <laughs> you're like I gotta get this out of me yeah <laughs> I think because I'm in 
It's like the journalism side. Yes. You know, I can't, I couldn't, I like to be in daily journalism. I could never, I don't like having a long-term project. Yes. I don't like a deadline hanging over yeah, me. that's right. I like to go, it's done, you walk away, now we start fresh for the next yes. day. I get to read a lot of people's books, you do too. And one of the things I notice with celebrities when they write books is if they write it themselves, it's longer. And if they, if they spoke it to someone else or co-wrote with someone, it's usually shorter. So when I got yours, I was like, she wrote this. Savannah wrote this book. <laughs> oh, I wrote every word. But do you think it's long? Because my biggest stress was I don't have enough to write. I don't have enough words. No, you did it. No, well, I, hope I don't think it's too long. I think it is. I think it is substantial to say to people, um, I'm not doing this because you see me on TV and I wanted a product. Oh, heck no. That's right. And those show themselves. Yeah. Those books show. You, you know, you read them too. Yeah. Those books show themselves. I just wanted to write... A good book. Yes. That, and I, when I say good, I don't even mean because it's, you know, I'm no like literary savant, you know. It's I, very you know, good though. It's I, funny. It's it's great. I try to write the way I talk. Yes. It's, it's very me for yeah. better or for worse. Yeah, it's yeah. very me, a little irreverent, kind of wacky. Yeah. But, um, you know, I want to write a good book that does justice to what I'm trying to say and what I'm trying to share. Yes. it's. Be- I mean, it's amazing. It's incredible to watch how your purpose that you go, you don't get there till the end of the book because that's where the section is on purpose. And you go, oh, this whole thing was her living her purpose. And everything I watch is her living her purpose. She just bamboozled me and didn't tell me till the end. Like she, I didn't know until amazing. the end. I didn't know how it was going to end. And it was made me laugh when I realized that it is truly the word I put in for my Wordle starter Every I day. love that you said that. I love that you said it's a great word to start with Wordle. It is. I use it every day. I know there are better Wordle starters. Yeah, like it doesn't give you a lot of um, it not, uh, vowels. But I use it every day because it's got some common. You yes. know, A-R-S-H yes, is a good yes. word. But also, um, it's a reminder. And also, share means so much. It's like share your heart, share yeah. what you know, share your resources, mm-hmm. all of those things. So I, I try to take that word and it's a call to action for me. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm doing it well. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. Yeah. But it's it's a call to action. Yes. So that's, it's it's funny how it kind of all came yeah. full circle that way. I have um, white tattoos on my arms. You do? Yes, they're all white. And they are truly, oh, wow. like your word share, the, it, it's me talking to me. Oh, I love that. You I know? didn't even know that was so, possible. Oh gosh, it's great because then I can be everywhere. And, and I'm Nobody so knows. pale that it like. Right. It stands out, but it's beautiful. I'm glad you explained that in the book, your tattoo of All My Love in the book. It's beautiful. I can't believe I got a but, tattoo. I never thought I'd be a tattoo person, but yeah. th- that's brilliant. Yeah, because I'm I'm like you. That my The words that matter the most to me are for me. Yes. It's to remind me who I want to be. So I don't need everybody to know that I have grace on my wrist, but I got to remember when I'm in an airport. Yes. And I am tattooed with it. it and say, I'm so good at grace. No, right. Say, Remember, this is, this is on your body. Yes, this is your aspiration. Yes. This is your hope. This That's is right. your calling. That's right. Yeah. That hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation to tell you about one of our amazing partners. Okay, get ready. This is a toilet paper company. It's called Real Paper. It's great, you guys. Can we talk about this? Are we allowed to talk about how we feel about toilet paper? It's time for actually a brief lesson on the history of toilet paper. Did you know that the first perforated toilet paper rolls were introduced in 1890? 
But it wasn't until 1930 that we officially had splinter-free tissue paper. You guys, splinter-free. Prior to that, people just used what was ever available. (laughs) Corn cobs and parchment and even pages from the Farmer's Almanac. What are we talking about? Nowadays, we are clear-cutting our forests just to make something that we use once and then flush. And that is why I love what Real Paper is doing. Real makes a sustainable toilet paper that doesn't contain trees and instead it uses 100% bamboo. And while other conventional tree-based papers are wrapped in plastic, Real Paper's packaging is plastic-free, compostable, and offers free shipping on all orders. And it feels great. Are we friends enough that we can just talk about it? I used it yesterday. It feels great. Real Paper is available in easy, hassle-free subscriptions or for one-time purchases on their website. All orders are conveniently delivered to your door with free shipping and 100% recyclable, plastic-free packaging. If you head to realpaper.com slash TSF and you sign up for a subscription using our code TSF at checkout, you'll automatically get 30% off your first order and free shipping. That's R-E-E-L-P-A-P-E-R.com slash TSF or Enter the promo code TSF to get 30% off your first order plus free shipping. So let's stop flushing our forest and let's give Reel's tree-free paper a try. Reel is paper for the planet. I'm placing my order for New York and Nashville today. And I have another amazing partner to tell you about, Shopify. When you're ready to start selling the thing you've been dreaming about, Shopify is ready to help you make it happen. And you don't have to sell just your own stuff anymore. With Shopify's collective, you can curate products to sell from the brands you love, giving your customers more variety and your business more sales, whatever direction you want to go. I hope you know Shopify is the best tool to help you get your business off the ground. They remove the guesswork with built-in tools that help you create, execute, and analyze your sales. They are the e-commerce platform behind Shopify AnnieFDowns.com, and it's been so easy to use and the perfect fit for our business. They help you sell at every stage of your business, so no matter what you're selling, they have got you covered. If you start small with an online shop and decide to open your own store one day, they actually have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and an in-person POS system, so you are all set. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash SoundsFun, all lowercase. Again, that's Shopify.com slash SoundsFun now to grow your business, no matter matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash sounds fun. Okay, now back to our conversation with Savannah. That sounds fun. So with your full-time job, two kids, a husband, a life, uh, you serve at your church, Good Shepherd, and you wrote a book. And in the book, you quote other books all the time. You must read constantly. Well, it's funny. How I do you do this? I don't read constantly, but this is... I, I don't know. I just, I think it's like, this is, I wrote it fast, but I think it was decades of yeah. keeping journals and writing down things and writing verses and things that resonated with me. Yeah. So no, actually I'm not a great reader. And in particular, since I had kids, I find it very hard to complete a book. Yeah. My two or kids thought. books, like you, my two kids books I've written, I'm like, more people have finished those than anything else I've ever written. hundred oh, <laughs> percent. It's just hard to finish. I mean, yeah. I fall asleep too, because I yes. get up in the middle of the night. So by the time I sit down to read a book, I mean, I think I did read the Steve Jobs biography and I want to say it took me a year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's amazing. That's amazing to me. You, you t- Speaking of your journals, I had a really interesting experience with your book because you talk about one of the things you dislike the most is humiliation. Mm. 
and and then you go and later tell us about pulling out your old journals and reading through them and how you felt about Savannah season one. Yes. Make those work for me together. How do you do? Because I, I, humiliation is really hard for me. I don't like, if there's two things I'm, I want to not have ever happen, I don't want to be misunderstood and I don't want to be humiliated. Mm. So it keeps me from doing things sometimes. Yeah. So, but you're putting together, I don't like being humiliated. It's the thing I try to avoid. And also, I'm digging into my old parts of my story and dealing with that emotion right there. Yeah. I know. I didn't put those two things together. Why did I do that? Is it too late to take that chapter <gasps> no, 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 out? No, no, no. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> no it's no, a I'm beautiful just... part of no, your story. No, I'm teasing. I think that, um, I think it's because it's what was required, you know? Yeah. It, I think that it would have been, I mean, I have this whole thing in the book about like, I don't want to talk about this and I don't want to talk about that. And it's true. I don't. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to expose aspects of myself. It's extremely personal. Yeah. I'm not telling this or that anecdote, but if you read it for better, for worse, like you'll really see my psyche, which is kind of terrifying. (laughs) No. Like, there were times I called the editor. I'm like, do I sound like kind of a basket case here? <laughs> Am I the only one that feels this way, like racked with guilt or shame or this, that, and the other insecurity? I'm like, gosh, I really am like a functioning human. But if yes. you, this is like, this is the journal. This yes. is what it is. Yes. Um, I felt it was just important to tell the truth. Yeah. And also, everything's like in service of the point I'm trying to make. It's not just sharing for no reason. I wouldn't do that. That would be humiliating. But I'm willing to tell you, yes, I wrote this very dramatic and embarrassing thing in my journal when I was 25 years old because I wanted you to see what I saw, that when I went back and looked, I saw progress. Yeah. I saw, wow, how did God get me from that yeah. To this. Not yes. that this is have it all made. It right. isn't. Right. The whole point of writing about those journals and what you read when you go back and you look at your life and your experiences over time is that it does give you that kind of God's eye perspective. Mm. And that gives you hope for the future that whatever you're working on and working through now, that over time, miraculously and supernaturally, God is somehow ever working things out in the direction yeah. of good. Yes. And by good, I don't mean a particular good outcome. I mean good as in closeness to him. Man, that's that, the trajectory. That feels like the difference between Annie in her 30s and Annie in her 40s is Annie in her 30s thought, well, God's going to work all this out. Mm. And if I do and I pray and I'm, then then it's going to work out. And Annie in her 40s has been like, Nah, girl. No. It doesn't go like that. Maybe like, not. You and God can be, you and God should be good and you should stay. He is still good and kind, but you can work very hard and it not work out. Yeah. That's the thing. And it's scary. You know, I write a lot about that because I think for so many years I was just like that. I still Your am. first a, job where you got there and 10 days later it shut down. It shut down. I mean, come on. It's unbelievable, I, Savannah. Classic. That was not like, nobody's like, oh, that's a career that's going to All your power off. suits oh. there at, in Wyoming. Is I that know. right? No, in Wyoming? Butte, Montana. Montana. That's, no. I thought I, I was on my way. And it right, was like. But even that, you're like, at 25 and in my early 30s, I thought, this is how it goes. Yeah. God will work all this out. And he does work all things together for good. But man, it is so much freedom in my 40s to say, but it may not go how I thought it would. No. And also, you know, the, that in that thinking that you're talking about and that I certainly have had and probably continue to have in a, to a certain extent, it's like you think it's transactional. 
Like, hey, God, uh, to the degree and extent that I am a goody-goody and I stay on the straight and narrow, then I can control and keep disaster at bay. And that just doesn't work. And it's really unfortunate. It's very dismaying when you feel that you've held up your end of the bargain and something happens and you feel God didn't. That's a very dismaying, disenchanting moment. But also there will probably be even more likely scenarios where you didn't keep up your end of the bargain. And you will be delighted to find (laughs) that God is not transactional. (laughs) And I write a lot about mercy and grace. And that I think it means the most to me Mm -hmm. because of all the times that I have messed up and that I have come back and found you know, God with open arms. And, um, you know, I let my mom write a chapter in the book yeah. and she talked about this beautiful story with her grandfather and that's right along those lines. Yeah. And to me, that's, I mean, I think God's mercy is the most bonding aspect of a relationship with God. Yeah. You know, it's like that when you mess up and you come back and he loves you. Yeah. Like, not like, well, you'll be on probation now. Right. But just, no, oh, I love Mostly you. what God does is love you. Yes. Yes. That's it. Yes. It's so simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. Oh, man, I just sat at my desk yesterday just wiping away the tears over that one line. Mostly what he does. Mostly what he's doing is loving me. I'm That's so glad that is. that resonated with you because I read that years and years ago. Yeah. And I've thought it over and over again. And I've never, how could I have ever imagined that it would lead to yes. a book? It's not yes. even my line. Yes. It's Eugene Peterson. But I just... I find it to be so profound. We have so many questions about God, and most of them really can't be answered in this Mm -hmm. life. But here's one certainty. If you're wondering what he's up to, you're wondering what he thinks about you, mostly what he does is love you. What was one of my favorite things about the book, I grew up in church too. And so for all of our friends listening who grew up in church, this is such a, I grew up (laughs) with a faith background, and I weaved and bobbed my way to where I am now. And you're really honest about seasons where it was disenchanting Mm. and seasons where you felt really connected. That was so helpful to me because sometimes in seasons where I feel disconnected, I think, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. And at times it is sin where you're like, oh, it's because I'm sinning. So I need to get right with the Lord. Yeah. Right. But the majority of the time it is me. It is just a season. So talk to me a little bit. How do you give yourself that mercy or experience God's mercy, I guess, in the seasons where the connection doesn't feel easy? Yeah. That I feel like that is it's one of the first things I wrote about. And it's one of the most um, the parts of mostly what God does is love you. That was the most meaningful to me. Yeah. And I, I talk about how, you know, I was like I am it was a people pleaser and a goody goody, you know, and I like we were talking about earlier, like I think I tried mostly to be good enough or decent enough that God would have worst cases to deal with. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? Like, yeah, you're not great, but we got these flyers over here to put out before we get to your burning embers of disaster, you know? So it's like you're trying to, like, walk that walk. And so I think that was kind of my... It's not like this was conscious thinking. That was just how I was moving and behaving. That's how I grew up and was working through the world and working through my faith. Basically trying to stay just about on God's good side so he wouldn't have to come down and rain wrath upon me. Sure. Well, but then life happens, you know, and for whatever reason, whether it's like you just willfully are wanting to do what you want to do or you get distracted or busy, you fall out of touch with God. And, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to church. I know I need to find a church here in this city that I just moved to, but 
I don't want to. I'd rather sleep in. You know, that's right. a small thing, but I'd feel guilty about that. Or, yes. you know, I used to do Bible study every day. Now I don't. I don't, you know, all that stuff. And I write about how, you know, I had a period of time in my late 20s when I just had a season of fruitfulness and I was doing this amazing Beth Moore study and yeah. I learned so much and I was memorizing Bible verses and writing in my journal and da, 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 da. And then I stopped for years. And I used to feel really guilty about that. Mm. I would be like thinking to myself, God must really be so disappointed in me. Mm. And every once in a while, one of those old verses would pop in my head or, you know, when I was down in the dumps, I'd come back or maybe write in a journal or this or that. Yeah. And I'd think, you know, I'm really coasting on fumes here. God, I, God does not have a lot to work with. Wow. And then at some point I realized, and it goes with mostly what God does is love you, is that. God understands that there are seasons of our relationship. And when we check out, it doesn't mean that we don't have faith. It just means it's like a friend that you haven't called in a while. Yeah. God doesn't stop loving us. Right. He's not going to give you retribution when you come back and say, well, where have you been? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you have to say for yourself? The only one that's really hurt is you because you miss out on God. You just miss out. Yeah. You know, and life is much sweeter and um, easier to handle when you're next to God and close to God. But God understands, you know, it's the Lord has compassion on all he has made. He knows that we are dust. He understands. And I think my guilt and my inability to kind of keep up with more pious practices or the heyday of my spiritual fervor was keeping me from coming at all. Yeah. And this slow realization over years that didn't come like a lightning bolt, but just over time has been, God is here. He's loving me. And I'll bring him myself in whatever form it comes. And he can work with that. Wow. But just, I, you got to come. Yeah. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about our amazing partner, Thrive Cosmetics. Yes, Thrive Cosmetics is the makeup you see all over social media and the turquoise tubes, and you know it is my favorite. Look at my lashes. If you like a real simple, natural look, or if you're all about full glamour somewhere in the middle like me, Thrive Cosmetics has you covered. My favorite product, as you know, their Liquid Lash Extension Mascara. I live for it. It is a must-have, you guys. I know I tell you about it all the time, but it is because it truly makes my lashes look longer and fuller. It doesn't smudge all over the place, even when I'm like, crying in a Broadway show. As you know, I do. I do not lose my mascara. And, you know, one of my eyes is pretty watery recently. It doesn't run or smudge. I am such a fan. Plus, when you're so past ready to go to bed at night and need to easily and quickly get your makeup off, it is super easy to remove. Their mascara slides right off with warm water and a washcloth, no soap required. The ingredients in it are really nourishing, so they support longer, stronger, and healthier-looking lashes over time. And their flake-free tubing formula dramatically lengthens and defines your lashes from root to tip. 
Thrive Cosmetics is certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, and their products are made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. And with thousands of five-star reviews, it's no wonder the turquoise tubes of makeup you see all over Instagram are trending. Here's what I also love. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. And right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at Thrive Cosmetics dot com slash TSF. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash TSF. Like that sounds fun for 20% off your first order. That link, as a reminder, and pretty much every other link you could ever hope for are in these show notes, or we'll send it to you in an email on Friday in Friday's AFD Week in Review email. You can sign up for that in the show notes below as well. And now back to finish up our conversation with Savannah. I'm not married yet, don't have kids. And a lot of my peers that have young kids, it's really funny because in my hometown where I grew up, my peers have high schoolers. Yes. In Nashville, my peers have elementary. Yeah. In New York, my peers have babies. babies. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. I mean, I'm 51 and I have a nine and I'm like, I'm geriatric mother. You know, yes, totally. I'm into it. It is so interesting. But but there's been a narrative in the church, in my experience, of yeah, young moms have a hard time connecting with God. So yeah. I've never... I've always, I think a, a narrative I didn't know I had until I read your book was, well, you're not married, so you should have plenty of time. Mm. You're not married, so you should, you don't have the young mom problem. So if you're not having your quiet time, that's a bigger problem. No. And you know what? I think as somebody that was single for a long, long time and longer than I wanted to be, and then got divorced early on, had a very short-lived marriage, which I write very briefly yeah. about, and only to make the point that it was a very trying and sad season. You know, I remember many times feeling like it just seems like not just the church, but like our whole culture kind of just holds up, you know, moms and married people as like somehow more worthy than us poor single folks. You kind of like, you know, or like, well, you can't understand if you're not a mother. It's like, well, of course you can. Of course you can. And your life is just as busy and full and your relationship with God will have just as many struggles. And that may in and of itself be a struggle. I mean, yeah. in my 30s, I I, re- I wanted to be married so bad. I mean, it was... Were you already here in your 30s? I was um, in my late 20s. I came to Washington to go to law school. Oh, that's right. George. And then in my early 30s, at some point, I came to New York and worked as a reporter here. But all that time, I, I was single. I can't wait for people to read about you at meeting with the judge Oh, my gosh. And walking away from that. Yeah, they'll read it, but I can't wait. All the times I ruined my career. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you're like, third time I ruined it. I know. I don't even know if that was, like, particularly spiritual, but it's in there anyway. So good. But anyway, I just remember those times and how hard that was. And I think, like, anything where you feel like I have a hope or I have a desire and it's just not— being met, it's mm-hmm. that's those are those are the challenges to faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where you're like, hey, God, like, don't you think you could yeah. at least, you know? And um, I don't have any great answers for that. Like, spoiler alert: there are no great answers just, in this book because there are no answers. Right. I just have empathy and understanding for that yeah. walk. Yeah, and some beautiful practices. Some oh, like, I hope so. Here are some here are some things like even you saying today. All you got to do is show up. Yeah. Just show up. So I found myself, I told some friends this morning at breakfast, my like 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. is the same in Nashville as it is in New York. My 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. in New York yes. is very different. So it makes my mornings different. Yeah. A little bit. And so I'm, I'm 
me and God are having these conversations when I'm walking at Central Park of like, hey, are you fine that I'm not seeing you in the mornings as normally? <laughs> yes. Well, I know. And I think that's the thing. It's like I kind of I sort of want us to expand our beliefs about like what God is willing to work with. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't mean we shouldn't make effort. Of course right. we should. Right. And we should try. But our inability to do perfect, pious practices should not be the obstacle to coming to God in any way mm. that we can. Again, it's we will be further um, enlightened and enhanced by more connection with God. Yes, It's like when I, I have this revelation about what does it mean to be blessing or bless yes. me this, bless yes. this, bless it. I'm like, what is blessing? This is my big revelation when writing the book. Blessing just means more of God. Mm. It's more of God. That's the blessing. It's not more stuff or this or that. It's like, so if I say, oh, bless this situation at work, it's like, I'm just saying, can, I need more God in this situation. Yes. I need more whatever supernatural healing you can bring, whatever yeah. love that I do not currently feel. Yeah. Could you bring that, you yes. know? And so um, I think we just need to make space for God's understanding and compassion and it's not just to give ourselves a pass. This isn't, mm -hmm. I don't mean to have some like loosey goosey, like anything goes. It's just that the opposite, if it's an obstacle to any connection with God, then then it's an obstacle and we yes. need to get rid of it. Yes. So yeah, you're walking around nature, talking to God, having a conversation all day. I would say that counts. counts I think something. it counts to him yeah. too. Yeah. You're building something and there will be other seasons of life where you will be, you know, Annie, the good girl, getting up early and setting her alarm right. and writing and write, lighting a candle and memorizing some verses. And I just think that over the course of time, God understands that. And he's just always happy that you called. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he mostly loves just me. loves us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I write about... Um, the scene I saw in the Mr. Rogers movie. Am I, I'm like yes. giving away too much of my book. No, it's great. Please buy my book. No, I don't care. <laughs> I don't. I'm like, I, I do care. I care. But I'm just like, you know, I'm not about it. That's not what yes, this is about. Yes. But what I loved about it was it showed Mr. Rogers, who was like an old, I think is a Presbyterian or Methodist yeah, minister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way he would pray for people. He would kneal oh, at his yes. bedside and just say names. Yeah. I love that practice. I do it so much now. Yeah, because really. Sometimes it's not just about not having time because sometimes it isn't time. Sometimes I don't have the words. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I don't know what to say. Sometimes, And I don't know what it means. But all I know is I'm saying I, God tells us to pray yes. and to pray continually. And I think there's some value to just lift up their names, yes. you know, and I might imagine them in my head and mm -hmm. And somehow I consider that, I hope that that's prayer. Yes. And I think it is. That's one thing. We'll leave that to them when they read. But yeah. your stuff about prayer and about Psalm 23 is really profound. I mean, it's oh. like, it's very good. Oh, gosh, you make me wait. so happy to say. I mean, yeah. you're like my first reader, so I, I really do <laughs> I appreciate it. I can't believe it. that. I'm so happy. I mean, now my actually, my mom forever. would tell the truth because she's... Yes. <laughs> She's Nancy. And I she's would tell you, I'd say nails, stuff like but. this. Savannah, thank you for writing this. Yes. That's what I would say. Instead, I'm saying, Savannah, I cried yesterday. Oh. Savannah, people need this. Oh. And I love the timing. I think books released in February do such a beautiful job of giving us a book that we want to read, but we can pass off on Easter. Oh, you know? Oh, I hope they would do that. It feels like Easter, Mother's Day. Like, this is a gifty 
because you talk about the beginning when you write your own foreword, Savannah Guthrie. I know, because I'm a loser and I didn't know <laughs> no. you don't write your own foreword. Did you know that? Well, yeah, because you've written a bunch of books. No, I love that you should have seen it. my editor. She's I like, they're it. all from Nashville. She's like, bless her heart. I know. You know? <laughs> I love that you did because you said, I need to tell you something before I tell you something. Yes. Yes. And you said, read this a little bit at a time or read the whole thing. And you just gave so much permission around it. It's so funny because I'm like, I don't mean to micromanage you, but here's me micromanaging you. Yeah. Like, I hope you read it. And but read it slow, unless you want to read it fast. Yeah, and that's exactly what you said. <laughs> and you could it. read it in order or don't. Oh yeah, yeah, I loved it. But I think I'm, my hope really is that it's bite sized and accessible. Like yes. I said, I I'm, find it very hard to complete a book. So you could read any essay, and the idea is just like a bite sized little thing to think about yeah. for a day or two or a few minutes, and then read more if you want to. Yeah. It's a low pressure book. It's beautiful. Thank you for writing it. My pleasure. I'm Very so, cool. thank you for reading it. Oh my gosh, I loved reading it. It was an honor. I will remember that I got to read it early in the process. That <laughs> matters to my spirit. So <laughs> thank you. And thanks for being on the show today. Oh, what a pleasure. Such so a are we going for wine or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we doing next? I love it. We out. <laughs> you guys, isn't she the best? I mean, we loved her on TV. We love her interviews. We love her on the Today Show. And then when we sit down with her, she's just that great in real life. That does not always happen. You know that does not always happen. And man, is she wonderful. Okay, you are going to love this book. So go get your copy of Mostly What God Does and go follow Savannah on social media if you aren't already. Tell her thank you for being on the show. And if you have any questions from this episode, you can drop them in the Q&A box on your Spotify app if that's where you're a listener. That's where I'm listening. Or send them to us on Instagram at That Sounds Fun Podcast. We'll try to answer them for you there. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at the Ryman on August 11th. All the places you may need me, that is how you can find me. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home. Do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me, you know what I would love? I would love to go to Baja Burrito for lunch. That's what sounds fun to me. It's one of the best places in Nashville. If you're coming on August 11th, we're going to give you a list of all the places to try, but Baja Burrito is going to be on it. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you back here on Thursday with one of my dear friends, incredible author, hugely successful businesswoman, Jamie Kern Lima. We'll see y'all then. That sounds fun. That sounds fun. That sounds fun.